Hi, this is Billy D, Cascade Hoops Talk. Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk, Facebook, Cascade Hoop Talk. I hope you enjoy our conference review. We're going to start in just 30 seconds. This Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D. Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk, and please check out Cascade Hoops Talk daily. You can get there very easily. Just go to CascadeHoopsTalk.com, CascadeHoopsTalk.com. And there you'll get all the information on NAI Division II basketball, as well as a link to the podcast, as well as a link to NAI Hoops Report every day with their talking points. Welcome to our review of the Cascade Collegiate Conference. I'm excited today. It's December in the Northwest. Storms are coming, and it's time, as we say, to go over the hill to watch basketball games. Put it in four-wheel drive and go watch some hoops. And speaking of putting it in four-wheel drive, let's start with College of Idaho. Because right now they're packing a bus and they're getting ready to take a nice leisurely eight-hour trip across eastern Oregon. And there's only two feet of snow forecast for the next couple of days. But I'll guarantee you one thing, College Idaho will definitely make it to Klamath Falls because they're going to take on number two, Oregon Tech. They have a uh, grudge to fulfill they were beaten by Oregon Tech and Klamath Falls on the last game of the regular season for the conference championship. Uh, Oregon Tech also beat them in the final four back at the national tournament. But College of Idaho has been playing very well. They're nine and nine and three, and they're two and zero oh in conference. We were able to catch up with Coach Colby Blaine last week. Let's hear what he has to say. We have Coach Colby Blaine, College of Idaho Yotes. Coach, you're uh, nine and three. You're two and zero oh in conference. Uh, can you talk about preseason a bit and maybe touch on last weekend? Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on again, Bill. But uh, we've had a heck of a preseason so far. Um, in my opinion, I think we scheduled one of the toughest schedules in the country. We didn't play one NAI Division two team in our first 10 games. Um, so we uh, have reaped the benefits, at least we think we're going to reap them here, um, in terms of playing really tough talent. We went down to California, played the Masters College, who was um, ranked number two in the country for the NAI Division One. Uh, we played Vanguard at Vanguard, um, tough Montana Tech, Montana Western teams, and Lewis and Clark State team that's really good this year. Um, and so the November was quite the challenge for us. Um, and we learned, not, not only did we learn a ton about ourselves, but we learned that we can't ever get comfortable. Um, there's just no way to be successful and be um, comfortable every day. And so um, the preseason was fantastic for us. Um, learned a ton about ourselves. And now that we're back into conference play here and um, we feel like we have a good system that we really understand and believe um, we've, we've operated under high pressure situations with it. And so, um, so that's been good for us. But one thing we've also learned here recently, we had an injury in our program to Talon Pinckney. Um, he'll be back shortly for us, but it's, it's made him sit out for four games. And so we kind of had to shift our lineups and, you know, call on guys to um, do things they haven't done. Ivory Miles Williams has taken over some time at the point for us when really he's kind of a four-man. Um, but it's really been good for us to kind of, um, as a team, just fill into those minutes and those spots and learn how to play a different way. And uh, we've been pretty successful with it. We ended up going three and four. Um, with some different lineups, um, even into our first two conference games here. So 
I've been really impressed with that with our team. Um, I've been impressed with their ability to stay positive um, through a tough preseason and get excited about our conference play. And we opened up last weekend at home against a good uh, Multnomah team who ended up going to, over to Eastern Oregon and, and knocking them off on their home court. So uh, I was proud of our guys for pulling out a nine-point victory against them um, and then beat a tough Multnomah team who just shoots a ton of threes and, and can scare you. Um, you know, they can get it going. You can be up 20 and, and down 10 within a five-minute span. So it was a good weekend for us to open up. We had to really guard the three-point line. Um, we had to guard some teams that um, are, are a little bit harder for us to guard because of their ability to shoot um, from distance. And so was really proud of our guys for understanding and, and realizing, okay, we got to, we got to find a different way to win these games. And we've had to before as most NAIA coaches know, now we're into the hardest part of the season. It's finals week um, at our, at our school. And, um, you know, a lot of our guys are, are pre-med going to be doctors or accountants or, um, engineers. And so, um, Finals week is really hard, so we've actually taken some time off of practice so we can allow our guys to, you know, do their studies and, and try to stay focused on their schoolwork. And as that finishes up here, we actually hit the road for two of our toughest um, road games of the year, which will be at OIT, who's now currently ranked second in the country, and at um, Southern Oregon um, the next night on, on December 21st and they're currently ranked 18th in the country. So we uh, we feel like our preseason is going to really help us uh, be prepared and be confident to go on that road trip, but we've got a good week and a half in front of us where we know we've got to stay focused and stay busy and, and not shut it down for Christmas break yet if we want to find some success on the road coming up. Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate your time. That's Coach Colby Blaine, College of Idaho Yotes. Thank you, Coach. You bet. Thank you. They've got uh, Nate Bruniel has been playing extremely well for them. He's averaging almost 15 points, four, well over four rebounds, but he's a he's really a go-to guy. He's a scorer. He's got a high basketball IQ. And then a, another person who's very important to them but always plays well is Talon Pinckney. Talon Pinckney, he scores about 11 points a game, but he's a high assist man. He's the guy who runs that offense. He's quick. He's a jet. Uh, he can get to the hoop so fast. He's also one of the best defenders in the country. Talon's been hurt over the last couple of weeks, hasn't been playing, but I'll guarantee you when he gets to Danny Miles' court, he'll be playing basketball. I'll guarantee you that. If he's on a gurney, Connor Desanier is going to push him up and down the court because Talon Pinckney is taking on Mitchell Fink. These two are friends. They respect each other, but on the court, no two rivals that fight harder against each other. They're uh, two of the best point guards in the country. Uh, they love to square off against one another, and it's always fun to watch. Ricardo Time, he's new to College Idaho this year. He's averaging 10 points a game. He's really been important to them, filling in on their scoring. And then Jalen Galloway, he's another guy they can always go to. And then Ivory Miles Williams has played well for them, and he's been important for them as uh, Pinckney went down. Uh, he's averaging almost nine points a game, as is Jake Bruner. And then we mentioned Connor Desanier. He's a big guy in the middle. Uh, he's a leader. He's an emotional leader, over eight points a game. He's just a big body inside, very smart basketball player. College Idaho is going to be ready to go. They're very good. They've had a tough preseason. And they better be ready because once they're done with Oregon Tech, they got to get back on that bus. As we say, go over the hill, another mountain pass. The conference is named the Cascade. For those of you who don't know, because 
this great big huge mountain range runs right down the middle of the conference and if you want to play basketball you got to go over that over that mountain range in December and January and that's what they're going to have to do to play Southern Oregon which is a very good team on Saturday so College of Idaho is going to have a big weekend and Oregon Tech they're 11 and 1 they're ranked second second in the country and they'll be looking for a little bit of redemption Friday night and Saturday night as well. They lost that game up in Northwest, and Northwest played well. And no matter how much of a happy face you put on it, nobody's happy about it, and they're going to come out hungry. I can guarantee it. Oregon Tech uh, is very deep. Uh, we talked about Mitchell Fink facing off with uh, Talon Pinckney. We were able to catch up with Coach Parnell last week. Let's give a listen. Coach Justin Parnell, Oregon Tech Hustlin' Isles. Coach, you're 10-1 uh, and one now, 1-1 one and one in conference. Can you talk about your team so far and touch on last weekend? Uh, you know, I really think we've played pretty good basketball up to this point. I don't think we've played our best or close to our best, but, you know, not, nobody is at this time of the year. But, you know, I, I feel good about where we're at. Um, obviously, being 10-1, and one, we're, we're pleased with that. Um, you know, being 1-1 one and one in the Cascade, you know, with our only loss coming in conference, um, not, we're not too discouraged. You know, I think our loss to Northwest is, I think if we look back at the end of the year, we're not going to feel as bad about it. They're, they're a pretty good basketball team, and they're really well coached. Um, you know, I think Hussein Ford is, if he's not the best player in the league, you know, he's one of the top two or three, and they got some really good guard play. So really impressed with them, and, and you know, they really handled us on the, on the road and um you know and then evergreen state is a much improved team actually again team is going to win some a lot of ball games this year and i thought we played really well there in the first night of conference so we're feeling good um we're one and one you know anytime you get a road split in the cascade you're, you're you're pretty pleased you win all your home games and you split on the road you're going to the national tournament <clears throat> anytime you're going to the national tournament you got to feel pretty good about yourself but um, you know, we're still working out some kinks and um, trying to figure out, you know, the best lineup for us and the best rotations for us. But trying to stay positive and, and trying to get something better at something every week. That's something we did last year and I thought uh, really helped us, helped us stay sharp and um, just picking something or one or two things every week that we want to improve on. And Yeah, but feeling good about where we're at. Cascade's as deep as it's been in a long time and, you know, it's going to be a tough going here you know throughout january december january and february okay thank you coach appreciate your time but oregon tech is deep we said we talked about fink he's averaging 14 points a game he has 78 assists already he's also shooting extremely well from the three this year he's over 40 percent shooting 82 percent from the free throw line and even though he's always the smallest guy on the court he pulls in almost four rebounds a game and then you have the second half of that big duo. You have Seth Erickson, a senior. He's one of the most efficient basketball players I've ever watched. He doesn't take a bad shot. He's averaging 15 points a game. He can sky and rebound. He averages six rebounds per game. He's shooting 43% from the three, 52% from the field. And knock wood, he's 20 for 20 from the free throw line so far this year. And then a sophomore playing very well this year, Matt Van Tassel, coming off the bench. He's averaging 17 minutes a game. He's uh, scoring almost 12 points, almost six rebounds a game. Matt Van Tassel's extremely strong, plays like a man inside. Uh, he's really fun to watch. And then Harrison Steiger, he's a slasher. He runs the wings. He's a big target for Mitchell Fink out in that open floor. 
eight points a game. He can also rebound well. He's he's uh, got almost uh, three rebounds a game. And then in the middle, you got big Garrett Albright, uh, eight points a game. He, his game has really improved. He's a junior. He and G- Connor Desanier will really go at it uh, Friday night. Then you have uh, Ty Heeb. He is a defensive specialist, one of the best defenders in the nation. His assignment every night is the toughest offensive player on the opposite side. And boy, can he shut him down. And then another starter for that team is Scotty Burge. Scotty Burge, probably not the most athletic person in the conference, but he's one of the smartest basketball players you'll ever find. He's a very good guard. His dad, a high school coach, just like so many coaches, kids, he plays that game extremely well. He's fun to watch. So Oregon Tech, they'll be ready to go. They're going to have something to prove at home against uh, College Idaho. If you are north of Redding, south of Chamolt, west of Lakeview, and east of Lake of the Woods, you need to get to Danny Miles Court because two of the, and forget divisions or levels, two of the very best teams in the nation, basketball teams in the nation, will be going at it Friday night. And boy, I'll tell you, this is going to be worth every penny, even if they charge you $30 which they won't, but you can give them $30, they'll take it. Get to Danny Miles Court. It's a wonderful place to watch a ball game. It's big. There'll probably be extra seats because the students won't be there. This is going to be one heck of a game. That brings us to Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington. They uh, were actually struggling. Uh, They had lost four in a row. Uh, We already talked about them beating Oregon Tech, but Friday night they beat Uh, Southern Oregon, who was ranked uh, 17th in the nation. So two top 20 team wins back-to-back for uh, Coach Drinkwine and Northwest University. Let's take a moment and uh, listen to Coach Drinkwine. We have Coach Jeff Drinkwine, Northwest University Eagles. Coach, you're 6-4, 2-0 in conference. Come off two impressive wins against number 17, Southern Oregon. And then Saturday, you knocked off number one team in the nation, Oregon Tech, Talk about this team and uh, tell us about those two big wins this weekend. Big weekend, as you said. I think the team has been uh, knocking on the door for quite a few games, but um, we've been playing on the road and playing close. I think the fact that uh, we played some tough competition on the road and, and like I said, we're close, helped us prepare for this. And one nice thing I, I noticed when we came home Friday, it's always nice to play in your home arena, but uh, – the fact that the kids never lost their spirit, kept working hard, working together, made a big difference. That and being at home. So Friday night was probably, obviously, it was a closer game, and it was probably more of a pressing, trying to just get over the top. And then once I think we kind of got the monkey off our back, it's, I think we'd lost uh, four in a row or five in a row. So two were exhibitions. But once we had done that, I think they trusted one another again and started playing much better, and I think we executed a lot better which you have to do against both those teams to even stay close in the game. So happy with their efforts, and um, I think they were rewarded with staying together, the stick-it-to-itness, and once again being at home. Coach, those were two huge wins this weekend against number 17 or, uh, Southern Oregon and number 1 Oregon Tech. Could you just talk a bit more about those? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, in terms of the rankings, obviously huge for our program to beat 17 and number one, but more importantly, to start off the conference opening weekend, to start off 2-0 playing those teams, 
and to have them at home that that helped us a lot because we were at home but to be able to do that and obviously playing them back-to-back nights was pretty special and like I said, the class when, when you know I've had a lot of people call me and, and congratulate us and whatnot for the achievement of beating them in terms of their rankings but like I said we focused on more importantly it's conference games uh, earlier in the season we talked about how important it is to win at home and so that was our focus going into it, and I think that helped a lot too. Um, a lot of times you can get psyched out about what the name on the jersey is of the team you're playing or their ranking, and I thought our guys did a pretty good job of just focusing on sticking to the game plan and trying to find a way to, to uh, um, beat both teams. So very happy with that. Um, now the biggest thing is can we win on the road, find a way to go win on the road. I don't know. I think we might have woke up the sleeping giant in Oregon Tech after that because I'm sure I wouldn't want to be their next opponent. I know that. Um, and same with Southern Oregon. They're both classy programs. They play hard, very well coached, and, I mean, they, they've got good teams. So in terms of that, yeah, big weekend for us, and now hopefully that will give us some momentum going in uh, to next weekend's games. Well, Coach Drinkwine, you got a great start. You got a few votes in the latest poll uh, look forward to uh, seeing your team, how you do in the future. Like you say, the the road games are really going to be the test for you, but you have a very good team and good luck to you in the future. All right. Well, I appreciate you having me on and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks coach. So Northwest, they're six and four now, but more importantly, as coach Drinkwine says, they're two and zero oh in conference. Uh, they have Hussein Ford, uh, because Northwest hasn't particularly had a lot of success the last couple of years, he doesn't get much press, but he's an excellent basketball player. He averages 16 points a game, but he also averages almost, uh, well, averages 12 rebounds per game. Uh, he's like the Energizer Bunny. I mean, he's just up, he plays pretty much the whole game. He's averaging uh, 32 minutes a game, and he's just up and down the court. He never stops. He's got a nonstop motor. And just when you think he's going to kind of peter out, you know, he gets another rebound and another rebound. He's very, very hard to defend because uh, he's strong, uh, very hard to rebound against, and he's got one of the quickest hops I've ever seen. Uh, two guys can be standing there, and he just always he just always seems to win, win the hop. Uh, an- another guy uh, playing very well for them is uh, Christian Hoklamali. He's averaging uh, 15 points per game, five rebounds. Uh, he has 53 assists, but really his value is he can slash and get to the basket. He's extremely good at it. He's going to give defenders fit. So if you try to double down on Ford, uh, then Hakalamali will just go to the hoop on you. And then kind of an emotional leader, a guy who really plays well for him is Ryan Ricks, uh, 13 points per game, four rebounds. Uh, he shoots uh, 39% from three, but he's real streaky. Uh, for example, against Oregon Tech, uh, they were making a fairly good comeback, and he, he just started hitting 35, seemed like, from half court. Long shots, but a very emotional guy, uh, really a leader on that team. And then uh, Cesar Sandoval, 10 points per game. He averages, again, almost five rebounds. They they are good. They're going to beat some people. They received some votes last week. Uh, let's as Coach Drinkwine says, and I agree with him. the The test for them is going to be when they get on the road. And the reason I say that is because that team is built for the half court, and they they play on a small floor, an eighty five foot floor. 
Uh, so a team that's uh, deep and fast, such as Oregon Tech or, or uh, Southern Oregon, can't really take advantage of that. Uh, you really get stuck in that half-court game, and that is where uh, Hussein Ford can just eat you alive. So we'll have to we'll have to see how they do on the road, but Coach Drinkwine has really pulled together a pretty good team this year. Northwest Christian University down in Eugene, they're 6-5 and five and they're 1-0 and oh in conference. Last week, we were able to speak to head coach Eddie Alexander. Let's take a listen. Coach Eddie Alexander, uh, Northwest Christian University. Uh, you have a young team this year. You're 5-5, five and 1-0 five, and oh in conference. Uh, you're on a four-game winning streak. Uh, talk about your team so far. Yeah, Bill, um, it's we love where we're at right now. We faced some adversity early in the season already, losing that rotation player who, who chose to leave school. Uh, we lost another rotation player in the last uh, week um, to a season-ending injury. And yet, um, this young team facing some early season adversity, we had a rough week to where we just didn't play well with some of those changes within our roster. Um, but we're now playing three freshmen in some very significant roles. And, you know, 64% of the minutes we've played this season have been played by freshmen and sophomores. So to say we're young is is a very factual statement. The, the win percentage of our five losses, those opponents that we've played, um, their win percentage of those five teams is over 800. So we don't really feel like that we've lost any games that um, – that we weren't supposed to lose from the outsider's perspective. Obviously we go into every game expecting to win, but we were very super competitive in about three of those games, two of those games, again, with the adversity that we faced and, and, and losing a player off our roster and stuff. Some of those changes really affected our team. Uh, we had a rough week and a half or so, um, but we've come out of that really well. Um, I really love where our team's at. We had a 6 a.m. practice today, and our guys were super full of energy and, and really excited to get after it. So um, the mentality of our team is 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 young. They're super um, energized. And so what a fun team to coach, and I'm super excited where we're at. I look forward to uh, watching this young team some more. you got some uh, great players. And uh, just for the record, I want to take the chance, Eddie, while I have you on, Stevie Schleback. I pronounced his name wrong so many times on our, our uh, broadcast, but he's a, he, <laughs> I met him when I was in Eugene. What a nice young man, and uh, you have a great young team. Uh, good luck this year, Coach. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it, Bill, and I appreciate what you're doing. Okay. Thank you, Coach. Northwest Christian is on a five-game winning streak. You know, it's a young team. Fans are going to have to be a little bit patient, but Eddie Alexander, I believe, has put together a good team. Uh, they have a good future. Uh, they're led this year by Ernest Ugagu. He's got uh, averages 17 points a game, five rebounds, a good ball player. Uh, he just makes everybody around him better. A great freshman that everybody has heard me talk about, true freshman, Stevie Schlebach, 14 points per game, three rebounds per game, an excellent three-point shooter at 40%. He's shooting over 50% from the field and 81% at the line. Uh, he's playing very well and he, he's just going to be a, an excellent player down the road. Uh, also, Caden Sand, he's playing great for them. 12 points per game, over five rebounds per game, as well as uh, Malik Corey, uh, almost 10 points per game. And then Logan Davis, he's kind of their emotional leader. Uh, he's at nine points per game, over two rebounds, 
And then Caden's brother, Logan Sand, he's uh, averaging almost nine points. All these guys are, are playing well over 20 minutes per game. This is one of those teams that you watch them in December and then you see them again in February and you say, oh my goodness, that's not even the same team. Look for that this year with uh, Northwest Christian. They uh, will probably make the playoffs, and by the time the conference playoffs comes around, I guarantee you nobody's going to want to play them. And then Southern Oregon, they're kind of hanging back in the weeds, letting everybody pay attention to Oregon Tech and College of Idaho, but they're ranked 18th in the nation. Uh, they're 7-3, and three and they're 1-1 one one in conference. Uh, let's hear from Coach McDermott. Coach Brian McDermott, Southern Oregon Raiders. Welcome, Coach. Uh, you're 6-3, and 1-1. One and one. Uh, Can you talk about your team just a bit? Yeah, you know we've uh, we're almost through our all of the non-conference schedule, and you know as as we talked about earlier in the in the fall here, we had a, a, a pretty challenging uh, early season schedule. Even though we we missed out on on playing what what is now the number one team in the country, Morningside, uh, we got our flight canceled to Denver and missed out on that. But even with that, we we played a really challenging schedule, and and for the most part, played pretty well. Um, we're still we're we're still going along without one of our what we thought was going to be one of our top guards has not played yet. Uh, Jake Berg has been uh, had some trouble with a hip flexor and uh, we've not quite been able to get that figured out. Uh, so we're we're looking forward to getting him back. You know we we played some good teams. We were down to California and we played Hope International. I, the last I looked, they were ten and zero, and it was a game that we led for a, a big share of that game. Uh, came down the down the stretch and uh we ended up losing it uh in overtime which was uh, unfortunate they made a basket late in the regulation and we ended up losing it in overtime and, and then we came back and played uh vanguard and uh played really well against them and and got a win and we felt like uh, you know we felt like we could have got two on that on that trip um but getting the splits not a bad deal with with the teams that we were playing so um the the losing the trip out to the Midwest and playing Morningside was a tough deal because it it also was you know it was going to be our last two games to prepare for conference play, and uh, we lost that and our, and our you know our kids were, uh, were were pretty down about that they're very disappointed in it and um, uh, you know so we uh, you know and, and like all players they'd rather play than practice <laughs> and we we ended up practicing some more so uh, it took us up to Northwest and. Had a game there that that we really felt like we had control of for most of the game, um, just did not uh, do the things that you got to do to finish it. You got to, you know, we missed the front end of one on ones three times in the last minute and a half, and uh, we had a couple uh, critical defensive uh, uh, lapses that that we had not done most of the game, and both of them hurt us and. You know, credit to Northwest. They they hung in there. They were probably not having their best night, uh, and they just made enough plays to hang in there and, and, until they got a few breaks down the down the stretch. So, and that's what you got to do. You got to you got to give yourself a chance to win, and and, and they did. Uh, it's too bad that'd have been a nice one to sneak on the road because they're going to beat a number of teams up there at that place. You know, it's such a hard place to play. Yeah. Um, then we did come back the next night against Evergreen and. You know, Evergreen is is improved over what they've been. They're still not, you know, not as as good as the top part of our league. But um, but it was it was we showed some a little bit of maturity there that we came out and started playing hard right away and and controlled that game. So um, 
we can't, we like where we're at. We we like it a heck of a lot better if we were two and zero in league instead of one and one. But but we feel like we've like we've made progress, and uh, and we're getting better every week. And and if that can continue, we we kind of like the direction our season's going. Well, thank you, Coach. That's uh, Brian McDermott, head coach, Southern Oregon. Thank you, Coach. All right. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Southern Oregon is really deep. They have a lot of experience coming back. Uh, their real leader is Tate Hoffman. He's averaging over 15 points per game, six rebounds. Uh, he's really a heck of a player. Uh, and then team him up with Jordan Hunt, uh, 11 points a game, six rebounds. Aaron Borch, 10 points per game. And then uh, the young sophomore, Taron Bradford, nine points per game. He's one heck of a guard. And then Tez Allen, an excellent point guard. He runs the offense for them. He's averaging eight points a game and uh, six rebounds. So he's a big guard. Connor Carroll, he's a shooter, and he's a heck of a shooter. Uh, he's averaging just over seven points a game, uh, but he's shooting almost 46% from three. The thing that should scare opponents the most about Southern Oregon is they're just so experienced. As anybody who knows college basketball, you can be the most athletic guy in the world. But until you go around the conference a few times and play in these opponents' gym and know what to expect from the fans and the students and the shooting backdrop and all those things that, that go along the travel, uh, you're just not going to be as effective on the road. And this team is very experienced. They've been through the war several times. You might get them down 20 points, but they're just going to keep coming at you. So look for Southern Oregon just to continue to chip away, and they could very easily be that surprise team in this uh, Cascade Conference and overtake both Oregon Tech and College of Idaho. So don't mark them off. Warner Pacific is 6-5 uh, and five and 1-1 one and one in conference. They lost at College Idaho, but they won at Eastern Oregon last week. Uh, they're led by Kadeem Strickland. He's averaging almost 18 points a game. Uh, he's a, a out of Portland, uh, an excellent ball player. Uh, comes from a basketball family. Yeah, he's going to be one to contend with all year. Uh, Kendall Watson, he's averaging 12 points a game. And then J.D. Esters, uh, he played years ago at uh, Eastern Oregon, and somehow Jared Valentine talked him into coming back and finishing out his eligibility. Uh, I'm not even going to try to guess his age, but he's playing very well. He's giving them uh, over 20 minutes per game as well as 10 points a game, three and a half rebounds. Uh, I'm sure he's a stabilizing force. Talked a moment ago about having played around the conference, faced the crowds. Uh, his maturity has definitely got to help with that team. So Coach Valentine had to do a rebuilding job this year. He's done a good job. He's brought in some talent. Well, they're always tough, and that gym is unbelievably tough to play in. It's a small gym. It's like Northwest. It's got that short floor. It can be really, really loud in there. So they're always going to be a tough out at home. They're always they're going to scare people uh, on the road. So look for Warner Pacific to be uh, very competitive this year. Eastern Oregon is seven and four and one and one in conference. Uh, let's take a listen to uh, one of the nicest guys in the conference, Coach Labarda. We have Coach Carlito Labarda Jr., head coach, Eastern Oregon Mounties. Coach, you're six and three. You're one and one in conference. 
can you take a couple of minutes, just talk about your team so far and touch on this week, the beginning of conference? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think this past weekend was an indication on uh, pretty much uh, what our league is about. Um, there's no easy games, as you saw, Oregon Tech and Southern Oregon both lost to Northwest. So uh, there are no gimmies, and Corbin uh, went up to Walla and uh, Walla Walla and dropped one as well. So that's uh, no longer uh, two easy victories as well. So uh, every game is a battle, and I think uh, as for uh, for us, you know, we got to take one game at a time because if you try to uh, take more than that, uh, you might end up dropping a couple in a row. And, um, you know, we started off good against Multnomah, uh, but we played a polar opposite team in Warner Pack, and there was kind of a letdown. So going one from, from one extreme to another, which Multnomah was a three-point shooting team and Warner Pack was a driving team, uh, we had to shift gears, and we didn't uh, do it very well, and it cost us. So um, it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, we're going to have to fight, battle every single game, every single possession. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time. So Eastern Oregon has Max McCullough back. He was injured last year. It was a big loss last year. He's averaging 22 points per game. Uh, he's an unbelievable offensive player, but he also has 54 assists. Uh, he can really shoot. He's aver- uh, at 39% from the three. He hit 35 three-pointers already and 83% from the line. So Max McCullough is going to be uh, a brute to deal with offensively all year. And then uh, Jarek uh, Schnetzel, he really came into uh, season this year in shape. He's playing a lot better than last year. He's a big seven-footer. He's rebounding like crazy, almost 10 rebounds per game. He's got 28 blocks. Uh, he's shooting 71% from the field. I guess when you're seven foot, you're dropping a ball in a hoop, it helps. But 71%, that's pretty impressive. Uh, he, he needs to sharpen his pencil at the free throw line. He's at 47%, but he's a force in the middle. Uh, he's going to give teams fits. Landon Jones is averaging almost 18 points a game for Eastern Oregon. Uh, he's uh, shooting uh, 62%. And then uh, Josh Brown... 11 points, and Jamal uh, Heckard is uh, averaging all 11 points as well. Eastern Oregon is uh, going to, uh, again, give team fit. That's another place that's really hard to play. You have to drive over those mountains I was telling you about. You have to go up I-84. It's a five- to seven-hour drive from anywhere, and it's not a, a fun trip. You have to lots of times go over the Cascades, and then you have to go over what they call Cabbage Hill, which can get really interesting in the winter. So it's a tough drive out there. And then uh, they fill their gym up and uh, they love their Mounties and it's loud in there and they're not going to give you a break. So they're going to be always tough at home as they uh, go around the conference. They're going to just be every night another team to deal with. Corbin Warriors, they're in Salem. They're always one of the better teams in the conference. Uh, They're seven and six, but they're surprisingly one and two in conference. But Boy, don't let that fool you. Uh, Mitch Freeman, head coach Mitch Freeman, uh, gave us a few moments last week. Let's listen to him. Coach Mitch Freeman, Corbin Warriors. Coach, you're 7-6, and six, uh, one and 1-2 in conference. Could you uh, take a minute and just talk about your team so far and talk about conference? Well, the Cascade Conference is, you know, it's a premier conference in the NAI. Uh, we don't take that for granted. We understand how challenging that is. To start league off one and two isn't something we 
you know, would want it to happen, but we also understand that it could happen. Um, Northwest Christian is a very feisty, tough team. It's kind of a I five rival for us, so you're going to get their best effort every time we play each other. And uh, we're, you know, we're we're short a few guys, but there's no excuses there. We every guy's got to step up when we we lose a few guys here. They're getting guys eligible, we're still hopefully. Uh, in the works of getting A.J. Hodges, who was, you know, a nominee national player or uh, NA um, All-American this past year. So hope to get him back. And then we go to Walla Walla and, you know, trying to do some things and get better on um, both ends of the basketball. And, and we caught a Walla Walla team that played, you know, played really well um, that first night on Friday. And we did not really perform very well. We didn't shoot the ball as well as we would have liked and uh, lost that game in overtime. And then we showed some resiliency and some toughness and some grit. Um, come back Saturday night and played a better basketball game. And and then we have a week uh, to prepare for Western Oregon. And then we start league back in league play right before Christmas with Northwest University and uh, Evergreen State. So back to conference play. Challenges are there, uh, but we're excited about our our basketball team. We have a lot of new faces in the program. Not a lot of youth, as one would think, but but a lot of new faces, which makes the growing process, the camaraderie, connecting with one another on the court, um, a challenge. So we're there right now, and we're excited moving forward. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we wish you the best of luck as the conference moves forward. And coaches, don't let that one and two record fool you. This is going to be a team that's going to be right there all year. Thank you, Coach. Thank you so much. Appreciate your uh, connecting with me and the rest of the coaches in this conference, and and giving us some some much needed PR as as people can recognize how good this conference is from top to bottom, and especially what you saw this past weekend with uh, Northwest playing really really well, and uh, those are some big games, some big wins, and so teams got to take note. Thank you very much, Coach. As Coach Freeman said, they went through a bit of a rebuilding. Uh, they have some new faces. Uh, their scoring leader so far this year is uh, Elijah Welsh, uh, averaging over 11 points, uh, two and a half rebounds. Uh, one of their returners is Bo uh, Roggenbach. He's also at 11 points. He's a good rebounder. He's real quick. Uh, he's got six rebounds per game. Uh, he's shooting 53% from the field. A newcomer this year is uh, Dennis Kirchinko. 11 points per game. He's a big body, six rebounds. And then uh, their point guard, Tyler Tyler Wadley, he's a sophomore. He's their point guard, nine points. Uh, he's got 40 assists already, three rebounds per game. So this is a team that's still trying to you know pull everybody together. A little bit like Northwest Christian, but they're not as young because they brought in some transfers. Uh, if these transfers all start producing the way Coach Freeman expects, uh, they're going to be extremely tough. Uh, obviously, they're going through a rough patch, but I look for them to improve throughout the season. Now, Walla Walla, uh, they're one and one in conference, three and seven overall. Uh, but they got some excellent basketball players. Zane Browning, 18 points a game, five rebounds. He really shoot the ball 54% from the field. He's uh, just a great offensive player, as Keandre Gaddy is as well, 18 points a game, over over nine rebounds. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, Dylan Browning is also uh, averaging almost 12 points per game, five rebounds. So they've got some weapons. Now, this team did not f- 
field a basketball team last year. They had some internal dis- discipline issues. Uh, they decided to not field a team, and they they've come back this year. And uh, they've also had a co- early season coaching change. Uh, they played Washington Adventist pretty tough uh, down in a tournament in California this week. I look for them. They'll be playing for a playoff spot. They're going to be uh, probably seventh, sixth or seventh, I would guess, if I had to guess. Uh, but uh, a trip to, and you heard one of the coaches allude to it, a, a trip to Walla Walla uh, used to be, I'm not going to say a gimme, but an easier weekend. And it's not going to be that this year. So uh, th- they are, like in most conferences, every night now is a tough night. And Walla Walla is just definitely one of those. Evergreen State, they're 0-2 in conference and 3-5 and overall. Uh, you heard one of the coaches allude to it. They're uh, better this year. Uh, they'll, they'll still uh, be uh, have to compete probably for a playoff spot. They are led by <clears throat> Gior Biongo, almost 16 points a game, four rebounds. Elijah Fuller is a very good ball player, 13 points, uh, three rebounds. And then uh, LeBrandon Price, uh, 13 points per game, six rebounds. So this year, this is a completely new team. Uh, hardly anything was known about them. Uh, they're, they've played a couple of conference games now. Uh, there's going to be more film on them. Uh, but they have went out and they're, they're doing a good job trying to rebuild this program. Uh, it had some really, really good years early, uh, probably 10 years ago. Uh, they've really struggled the last few years. But you can tell by the talent they're bringing in, uh, there there is a focus to return this team to competitiveness. And then Walla Walla there in Portland, uh, they're six and seven overall, zero and three in conference. Uh, they're led by Justin Martin, probably one of the uh, better offensive players in the country. He's averaging thirty-one points per game. Uh, he shoots the the three ball a lot. He shot 59 threes already, shoots 36% from three. Uh, This team overall shoots, uh, so far in 13 games, they've shot 254 threes uh, compared to 111 for their opponents. And overall, overall they shoot 38.5% from the three. Uh, Zach Richardson is next in scoring. He's a a very good ball player. He's got uh, 16 points per game and uh, five rebounds per game. And then a, a, a transfer this year for Smith, 13 points per game, uh, 5.3 rebounds. Uh, they also brought in Trey Fountain. He's averaging oh, just over 10 points per game. Uh, this team's Achilles heel is getting a rebound. Uh, they're, they're being significantly out-rebounded. 13 rebounds per game is going to be extremely hard for them to win in the Cascade Conference, not be able to rebound unless they can just shoot at a phenomenal percentage. You know, they lost a couple of guys last year that were good rebounders, good slashers. Uh, This year, it appears that it's just they are completely a perimeter team. I just think they're going to struggle with with their rebounding. It's pretty much one shot and out. And unless they're just hotter than a pistol some night, which they do shoot very well at home. They can be very dangerous. Uh, They can beat anybody on any given night uh, because they shoot so quick and so many threes. But I think over the long haul, they're going to struggle in the conference, and I think they're really going to struggle to make the playoffs. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed our Cascade Conference review. I really appreciate you listening. Don't forget to go to CascadeHoopsTalk.com and look and uh, read our newsletter every day. Make that part of your routine. What we do is we pull together all the NAI D2 basketball news in one place, and we separate out the top 25. So if you want to look real quick and see what happened in the top 25, it's real easy. Just look, and also you have a link to the podcast. So, hey, it does everything for you. It tells you the scores and gets you to the podcast. Uh, give us any comments on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, don't don't be afraid to be negative because uh, if there's something I'm doing wrong, I need to know. So thank you very much. Uh, everybody have a Merry Christmas and wish me luck going over the hill this weekend. Thank you. Thank you.